Hey everyone, first question we got this week came via email from Mitch. Hi all, I was wondering if you had to choose one horror film festival to attend, Overlook, Fantasia, Panic Fest, etc., which would you pick and why? Thanks. I'm going to hand it off to you two because you've been to horror fests and mine is pure conjecture. Uh, Zeno, let's start with you. So uh, just before we started recording, Megan and I, we were talking about this. I've always wanted to go to Fantastic Fest um, that takes place September in Austin. I haven't been to Austin. I've always wanted to go to Austin. And then the other one, um, South uh, by Southwest. I've uh, been to Fantasia and I've always just had like a great time. I was supposed to go this year, but I had some complications, so I couldn't go. But um, yeah, those are the two that comes to mind. But honestly, I'm open to going to any festival now. I mean, because we all been home. So yeah. at, this, <laughs> at this point, somebody send me an email, invite me and I'll go. <laughs> And I will go. <laughs> How about you, Megan? Uh, I, I'm going to say Fantastic Fest. Um, just because I've, I've done a bunch of film festivals. And as far as getting the most bang for your buck, like if you're going specifically because you want to see a bunch of horror movies, Fantastic Fest does it all at the same location, which makes it super convenient. It's all at one theater. Versus, you know, some of the really big festivals like South by Southwest or Toronto Film Festival. They are so huge. They have more than just horror and they're scattered across multiple theaters um, and locations, which it makes it really hard to kind of do it all. You know, uh, the horror plays at midnight and there's usually a few different ones playing at competing times. So you can't catch it all easily. So Fantastic Fest, it's dedicated entirely to genre anything remotely related to genre so it's not necessarily just horror but it's stuff that's still going to pertain to your interests and it's like non-stop for eight days um with some fun events and you know you can eat because it's the alamo draft house um so yeah i think you just get the most bang for your buck there even though it's one of the pricier ones um otherwise if you're more into immersive kind of experiences along with screenings then overlook probably is a good bet for you i am also gonna say fantastic fest because you all made it sound great <laughs> you were just waiting for an answer huh <laughs> i i miss, there's some you know the phone footage festival that they just had so obviously for me sounded cool yeah i think there's an independent one in idaho i think that's supposed to be really good interesting um yeah, South by sounds great, but it sounds like a really huge party that I would just feel really overwhelmed and awkward at. So I like the idea of just knowing exactly what spot to go see movies, not talk to people, and then go back to my room. Oh, That's okay. perfect. So yeah, when when is Fantastic Fest? It is late September. Um, it, okay, the dates so leads right every... into yeah, Halloween. Yeah, fall festival season. So you have Toronto International Film Fest at the beginning of September. A week goes by, then Fantastic Fest fantastic fest starts it's it's yeah have you ever been to beyond fest i have not i bet no. it would be fun i don't know too much about it um usually for me though it's like a lot of the stuff that plays has already played at toronto and fantastic mm -hmm. fest so i haven't had a reason to get out there i did really okay. want to go was it last year but then you know pandemic <laughs> yeah is Fantastic Fest in L.A.? No, it's in Austin. Austin. So is South by. Okay. So two, two Austin festivals. 
I just really want to go to Austin. So. Yeah, come on. We'll, we'll take you to the gas station from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> See, it's funny. As a person who's lived his entire life in Minnesota and spent a lot of time in northern Minnesota, when we used to say stuff like, yeah, we'll take you to the gas station, <laughs> we literally just met the gas station because that's the thing that's in town. <laughs> I mean, it's we like, have those, too, but, you know, it's yeah. the gas station no, i literally mean the gas station as in there's one gas station <laughs> oh, wow. that's where people go <laughs> okay well in in florida and i think they also have them like on like the northeast side there's wawa wawa apparently is the best <laughs> gas station you can get like gourmet food from there we don't have wawa so it, it's pretty fantastic they have fruit bars and sandwiches oh wow so, this is like the whole foods gas station yeah it's it's <laughs> wonderful I think I've only heard Wawa referenced in uh, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think it's an East Coast thing. Yeah. All right. And we have a call. Hey, this is Egan from Pennsylvania. Um, a thing that I've noticed in a lot of horror movies is that when a person is hiding from the killer or whatever, that they have to physically put their hand over their mouth to keep themselves quiet. My question is that if you each one of you, were in a horror movie, do you think that you would be a character that would need to put your hand over your mouth to keep yourself quiet? Or do you think that you could just handle that by yourself without having to do that? That was my question for the week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Megan. This might be one of my favorite questions of all time. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm imagining the answers that my co-hosts are going to give. So let's start with Megan. I I think I would probably need some assistance there. I'd probably need to cover. I, I'm just basing this as off of playing video games. I'm a yeller. Uh. I scream. I'm like <laughs> cursing. It's not even so much like a high-pitched scream. It's more like screaming what the fuck at like things that jump out or if it's not cooperative. So I can see myself doing this. Um, you know, and maybe if I somehow don't scream i'm probably gonna throw out some fists or something it's just like that involuntary response something's gotta happen xena i can i i think i know your answer <laughs> really okay well currently right now my nose is stuffy so i'm a mouth breather so i guess i would just have to just be you know <sighs> <sighs> you know what's coming in sounds like jason's under the bed you just hear <sighs> i don't know i feel like i'd i'd be i i would get caught which is fine like at this point it is what it is i, I had a good life <laughs> what was the thing about you not being able to run you would just, just lay down and give up <laughs> because i'm scared so, so it's like kind of a similar thing you'd just be like yeah it's i'm here i'm here come get me because like i can't keep on running and you know first off i feel like my heart would give out because i would get so scared so you might as well just lay down like <laughs> hide so, it's like a line from some movie like you're just gonna die tired <laughs> so why run you just just take a nap before jason catches up it's cool do it yeah, it's in your sleep. It's peaceful, everything else. Um, I don't think I'd have a problem having to hold my hand over my mouth. Th that was always one of the stranger horror tropes to me. Like, my kids or something, I would get that. Like, having to, like, put my hands over their mouth or something. <laughs> but, like, as in, like, an adult, it's, I guess, if you're used to those involuntary things. I spend a vast majority of my life not talking to anyone. 
and avoiding talking to people. So I think I'm okay there. My problem is if there is a spot on the floor that creaks, like the step in the collector, I'll find it. I cannot, my, when I walk, it sounds like my house is in so much pain. <laughs> like I find every single step, every loose floorboard. So they're gonna find me. Just play the dead body. Like, like you're auditioning yeah. for a horror movie. Oh God. Throw. Someone send me auditions specifically for dead body. <laughs> We're getting to that point. Like I just, I need to start checking stuff off the old list. That's... Speaking of checking things off your list. Welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as the movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro, hey Megan? Hello. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon, hey Zena? Hi. Hi. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? I was actually going to ask if we can do the whole switcheroony. I'm always <gasps> going first. This ah. pressure. Oh. Sometimes Ooh. I have pressure, you know? Shaking it up. Shake okay. it up a little. Sometimes people need a little razzle-dazzle. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Then we'll default. Who do you want to go first, me or Megan? I want you to go first. Because this time, John, this time I read the notes. So I'm not lost. (laughs) I'm not lost this week. I don't have to bury myself in my clothes. Well, to be fair, the movies I watched this week have no connection whatsoever as far as I can tell. Okay, good. Uh, I'll start out with a movie that's already been mentioned on this podcast. It was mentioned last week. I just decided to throw my two cents in. 2022's Prey on Hulu. The origin story of the Predator in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Naru, a skilled female warrior, fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved Predators to land on Earth. This is a really good movie. You know, even it, even if you take, I don't even, I don't want to call it a good predator movie. I want to call it a good movie. Like, I think that they did this really great. uh, Okay. So we live in a really crappy, whiny gatekeepery world where people are mad about like strong female protagonists who are like kicking someone's ass, et cetera. Like, oh, you're just doing Shut up. First of all, just shut up. <laughs> just don't watch this stuff. Why are you so sad? Like, why does it bum you out that badly to see this? Like, look at, look at yourself first, all right? <laughs> Second of all, it's actually addressed within the movie. Like, they address the concept of uh, not only her as a protagonist, but why she's a successful protagonist in this situation. Like, it's all it all comes together. And despite the, the fact that there are shitty characters and people within this world and misogynistic of course it's the 1700s mm-hmm. but what i really love about it is they're really there are characters who make dumb decisions within the moment which is fine everyone does but i don't think there's dumb characters sometimes there's just dumb characters in a movie where it's like well that doesn't even make sense or oh you're just intentionally being crappy yeah i don't think anyone is actually stupid in this movie even the people who you could look at it through the lens of being like, oh, you're an idiot or, oh, you don't know what's going on. And like, well, of course not. Why would they? Yeah. Like, I think that it's actually all really well crafted as far as the roles that each character has. 
and the development and progression of the plot itself. Like, it all makes a lot of sense. There, There is one kind of MacGuffin in there that I'm a little bit like, oh, okay. So that's how you're getting around that, and which is fine. Uh, it is what it is. It works one way or another. But I really love the, like, the specific nods to Predator 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. The fact that, and that's why I do think, like, my question last week asking about is it discounting, like, the Alien versus Predator movies? I think it is, more or less. Even if it's not, I don't care. But it it does directly tie into that world, like specifically, like with one, there's a couple of phrases and one specific scene where you're kind of like, "Ooh, is this going to be like, it's not, but it, you think it is. And then there is a specific tie into Predator 2, which Predator 2 specifically ties into. Pre- so it is a world within itself that I really like, but it was just, it was really well shot. The action, the, the action choreography was really seamless i totally get megan's um comment about the the you wish there was a little bit more of the sfx than the vfx i totally get that too i think it would have been beautiful on the big screen i kind of hope it gets enough traction that they do some sort of at least limited release on the big screen but it's really good and it's on hulu and if you don't see it because you're not a huge predator movie fan watch it like seriously like that is a really fun like just good movie. So yeah, that's how I felt about Prey. <laughs> and then I watched 1992's Auntie Lee's Meat Pies on Tubi. A devil worshiping woman sends out her four beautiful nieces to lure men back to her place so they can be killed, ground up and sold as meat pies. And that's exactly what the movie is. <laughs> there is no burying the lead in this one. It is basically one it's <laughs> it's a movie no i'm kidding it's another one of those movies where this got pitched and they had financing and it's just like what okay and i don't know if they kind of set it up for a sequel or if that's just the way they decided to end it pat Morita is as a pretty prominent role within the movie as the sheriff mm-hmm. it's it's really, really weird. It's this really weird mix kind of of Chainsaw Hookers, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, and Sweeney Todd, if you can, which mm-hmm. makes sense if you've seen Sweeney Todd and the description I just gave you. It's super weird, and it's on the list of weird movies that Tubi has selected for me that I kind of have to watch. I just needed a palate cleanser between this and the next one I'm going to watch, which is why Prey was involved. Um, you know, just round of applause for Tubi. You've been <laughs> cultivating some weird ass 80, late 80s and early 90s movies, and I just dig them so much. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see Karen Black. Like, her um resume <laughs> is, you know, out there. She did some stuff. <laughs> there was, uh, I think, uh, uh, Barbara Crampton was, like, I follow her on Instagram, and there was, like, a picture... I think it was her right when she first moved out to Hollywood. She had like her throwback Thursday or whatever picture of her, like right when she moved out and like the caption was something along the lines of like, I had no idea where this road was about to take me. Was it Barbara <laughs> so can... Crampton or Linnea Quigley? Cause Linnea. Oh, it was Linnea Quigley. Okay. Cause like, Linnea I Quigley. saw this right. sounds familiar. Yeah. That's right. It was Linnea Quigley, but it was, well, same thing. Probably yeah. frankly that it's just kind of like, didn't know that's where this was going. <laughs> Surprise. And it's like, 
it was such a strange glory day for that specific genre and scream queen-esque type atmosphere that didn't really need a plot beyond you know is there a boob and (laughs) is there a really weird over-the-top death you know and that was about it and that's all they needed those meat pies looked gross like i'm sorry i wouldn't eat those personally but (laughs) yeah and the number of times they say meat pies in this movie (laughs) it it's it's more than you'd think (laughs) they say it a lot i don't like just call them pasties or pot pie don't call them a meat pie that's so (laughs) i don't want to don't call it auntie lee's meat pies like how did nobody make a joke or at least giggle at any point when somebody said that like come on ridiculous uh anyway save me megan (laughs) Uh, what did you watch? I don't know that I can save you with my viewing this week um, <laughs> at all. I, I Maybe I fared worse than you. Um, apparently, <laughs> oh, no. I went on a hard... I, I'm a sucker for rock and roll horror. Mm. And so I ended up on kind of a weekend of it. I mean, I did watch Black Roses yet again. Um, <laughs> but I also watched Hard Rock Nightmare on Shudder. It's a 1988 movie in which it it opens with this terrible scene. Uh, It's a black and white scene of a kid getting absolutely terrorized by his grandpa. His grandpa is like, werewolves exist and vampires exist and they're coming to get you. And he's terrified and grandma's like, leave him alone. And then he's got this kid so shook up that uh, as he's laying down in his hammock to be like, that kid's a pussy, the kid stakes him in the heart. Oh, my God. Yeah, thinking that, okay, well, Grandpa must be a vampire. Uh, Cut to the present, or, you know, the 80s, and this kid is now grown up in a rock band uh, called the Bad Boys. So cool. Um, And anyways, (laughs) they are getting noise complaint after noise complaint, so they decide to go to his house. that He's inherited his grandpa's house out in the middle of nowhere nonsense and apparently there's a werewolf that is uh stalking them one by one it is it sounds way cooler than it is it's it's so hokey (laughs) cheesy um this is the type of movie that both of the movies that i'm about to discuss this one and the next one are kind of they kind of remind me of blood rage a bit in the sense that they are so super silly the dialogue the dialogue delivery the bad acting um, so this is by no means a good movie, but it is an enjoyable one because I was cackling at just how silly it was the entire time. I mean, even yeah. when you get to some of the effects, like there is this mean girl slash slut type character that just wants to sleep her way through this band, um, because mm. she's got a mo- motive and things that happen to her are just so ridiculous. This this movie is ridiculous. <laughs> the The acting is ridiculous. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's enjoyable in that way. Uh, I wouldn't call it a good movie by any stretch though. It sounds like the best movie. Yeah, yeah I mean, they're, they're entertaining. They're, they're like, they're not good, but they're entertaining. Um, uh, Rocktober Blood is also similar, which is also on Shudder. This one's from 1984. Also interesting is that this movie does not seem to be available easily because what Shudder has is a VHS transfer. 
like the aspect what? yeah their aspect ratio you can see the tracking lines occasionally it's it's a really rough cut and i was That's even awesome. trying to look i'm like this feels like this could be a you know ripe for a uh, vinegar syndrome you know remaster but no i think it maybe has some bootleg dvds out there but yeah this is kind of like a trapped <laughs> on vhs and yeah, so this one uh, is also very blood rage for a lot of reasons. Uh, but this one is, it opens with a uh, guy who's supposed to be a hard rock singer, but he's wearing a button down and a gold chain. He looks nothing like a hard <laughs> rocker. Uh, but anyways, he's mean to this other girl that's trying to make it big too. And then he goes on a murder spree and cut to a year later. And now she's the front man of this, this band. Uh, very successful. They're on tour. Um, and you know, this guy was implicated in like 27 murders, which is so funny because I think you only see like two to three in the opening. So I would like to know <laughs> what happens to the other 25. Um, but anyways, yeah, they were pretty boring. If, yeah. So he comes back from, from the grave and starts murdering members of the band. Like he's targeting her all over again. And of course there's more to it. It's a little bit more s slow as far as the slasher elements go, but no less like really silly really really silly some i i also want to like some of the depths are very puzzling to me too like there's a woman <laughs> who does the wig for the lead singer and before she comes down to get her wig put on before a concert he irons her throat and that's how she dies he like, like presses a hot, a hot an, iron. Iron. Yeah, an iron how he does just, he does she lay down she she just stops like she's just getting choked out or something i don't understand like there's no noise that's the that's the opening question is what we need right here how would you like keep your mouth shut if you're being attacked just put an iron to your throat it's cool that'll keep you quiet yeah i don't know it's an odd one um a lot of it. The whole finale is puzzling, which I don't want to talk about because, you know, I don't want to spoil it. But it's it's a very weird one. And the whole time I'm watching this movie, I just kept thinking of some of the blood rage lines and their delivery. Like, I'm Todd. I'm Todd. And I know that doesn't make any sense. But when you watch it, it kind of does. You're like, oh, yeah, this is why that line keeps popping in your head. What the heck, movie? So, uh, yeah, rock and roll horror. It's, it, it goes places. So you're saying that we should do a bonus episode on that movie, on both of them. We we should. Yes. We should, definitely, yes. Our own commentary tracks. <laughs> Our uh, Dark Trio Science Theater 3, 3500. 3001. 3001. People like it. All right, Zena, how about you? Now, now. Now it's my turn. We've finally come to Zena's Masterpiece Theater <laughs> Yay. of movie presentation. <laughs> um, so you guys ever watch a movie that just makes you feel warm and cozy inside and just like, oh, man, this movie has everything I like. Hell House LLC. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's how I feel about Blue Sunshine. Um, from 1977 on Shudder, a bizarre series of murders begin in Los Angeles where people start going bald and then becoming homicidal maniacs. But could the blame oh. rest on a particularly dangerous <laughs> form of LSD called Blue Sunshine the murderers took 10, 10 years before? So I know it sounds like pure chaotic and ridiculous, and that's actually why I put it in, because I, I was expecting something more cheesy. Um, but yeah, this movie has a great opening. It has brutal kills there. Um, it's very bizarre in, in a lot of ways. And there's disco music. I love disco music. Like disco horror <laughs> is everything. 
Um, so yeah, basically the movie follows um just this guy who basically he goes to this party with some friends. One of their friends this is in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling it. One of their friends they they he comes in, he's singing, you know, singing a song. That's just what they do, and everybody's having a good time. Uh then he kind of like the one who's singing, he kind of like dips the one of the guy's girlfriends like he's about to like kiss her, but he's just like joking. So joking around, the guy um who's dating the girl, he kind of like pulls his hair by accident and he kind of takes off a wig that didn't even look like a wig. And he was bald and there was like little fuzzy spots. And then I was just like my eyes, I was so shocked because I wasn't expecting it. Like I grabbed my invisible pearls because I didn't know what was happening. But basically he just turned instantly, he runs out of the room and you just think, okay, he's probably embarrassed. And everybody like kind of was just like shocked. Like, I didn't know he is he sick like it was like very disturbing then the guy comes back and he just goes on this killing spree where he's just killing everybody in like the like the most brutal way and there's no stopping him and he's a little guy so I'm thinking like come on you guys can't you guys can't stop him no he was a wild little thing whoa but anyway this LSD drug is called blue sunshine and then they notice throughout the city people who've taken this drugs like 10 years ago they're being affected by it so you see like different people being affected by it there's a mother where it's like her husband just thinks, okay, she's stressed because they have two young kids. She just needs to like get her nails done or or take a nap. She needs to just chill out. Um, no, okay, she was. I, I won't spoil it, but she was basically trying to go, like go after the children, and it was very disturbing, you know, uh, just the way it happened. And yeah, it just happened so fast. This didn't go in like the direction that I thought that it was going to go in, but it kind of felt like um like an early David Cronenberg movie. But it also had like that, you know how like Toby Hooper's movies, it, it, he has those, like his movies feel so dreadful, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like it, it kind of like felt like that, or like a John Carpenter movie. Because again, it just completely took a turn and I wasn't expecting it. And honestly, I've never heard of this movie before. I just saw it on Shutter, and I just thought it seemed like it was cool. Plus, you know, the 70s, the 70s is life. So, but if you're curious about it, I highly recommend it. It's a, uh, it's a good time. So, yeah, there's there's that one. It just made me feel cozy on the inside. Then the second movie I checked out, uh, the psychological thriller horror Hung Mongolist uh, from 2021 on Netflix. Truth and Illusion blurs a homeless am- amnesiac, illusion- <laughs> awakens from an experimental medical procedure uh, with the ability to see people's innermost traumas. So basically this guy, he decides to um, try out this trial period um, where this guy pretty much offers him money, a lot of money, to be a part of this experiment where basically they drill a little teeny hole in his forehead and they'll just watch him for seven days to see how he responds to it. And they tell him like, yeah, you'll basically be able to, um, your intuition will be sharp. And that's what the guy says. And the guy who asks him is very weird, but the, um, to be a part of the experiment. But at the same time, the main character, um, his name is Nakoshi. He doesn't really have anything going for himself. He lives in his car, but he pretty much just wander around, wanders around the city. And for some reason, he will go to have lunch at this like high class, like restaurant and people, they're not too sure that he's homeless or not. So basically, he just wanders around the city and he even goes to lunch like on a daily 
to this high um, end restaurant in a hotel. So it's weird because he has money, but he chooses to live in his car. Um, and he hangs out with just other homeless people. So I guess this guy who approached him to be a part of the study have been watching him for a while. And for some reason, he doesn't have, um, he says that he doesn't have any feelings and he would rather not be living. So um, he decides to do this, um, do this study. And then we get to see uh, what he goes through. So he, his supernatural abilities are actually really cool because he sees people's inner traumas. Um, as an example, there's a girl who, when he's like, at first she looks normal, but then her skin is turning into sand. There's a guy who's like, he looks like a robot, but then on the inside, there's like a little boy who's crying. So it's just like, oh my God, it was just, yeah. It was like I don't want to see my own traumas, let alone other people. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know if I would want to see it too, but then at the same time, I think that's why I kind of like, like the movie because truth be told, I watched this movie with five other people and it was a pretty much mixed bag. And I was the only one who kind of left it. Like, I don't know what I just watched, what mm -hmm. is happening. Like, I knew that this was based off of a manga. I never read it or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes with Japanese movies, um, for me, sometimes I don't fully understand where it's going. But I think that that's exactly why I, re I realized that I really like it because it's a real great conversation starter. So it depends on how you interpret it. And even with this power that he has, um, he could use it for evil, but, you know, or he could help people. And there, trigger warning, there is a scene that's in here where it was just kind of like, okay, that was gross and that didn't make any sense. Um, but it kind of makes up for it because the ending, really good ending that's going on. So, yeah, if you want to watch some. What is the trigger warning for? Gross? Um, no, the trigger warning, see, okay, the girl doesn't get, she's not sexually assaulted, um, oh, but okay. it, it's, it's weird because she, she is, uh, okay, I, I can't go into detail with it. But it's in that, like that vein. It's in, it's in that nature and, and okay. it is kind of, it's gross because it's just kind of like, okay, where did that, because we were going why down a different path. Yeah. yeah, why is it here, um, type of situation and I so that's it. why. Yeah, at first I wasn't too sure about it. But again, like I said, just looking at the bigger picture of it, it seems like um, it depends on how you interpret this movie. But yeah, if you want something that is uh, definitely fresh, uh, mm. because I've never seen anything like this before, I highly recommend it. It is about two hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Why are movies so long lately? I don't know what's going on, but like... <laughs> They ain't in the, the late 80s, early 90s. They're about 72 minutes long. That's a good time. But I kind of feel like it was worth it for me because okay. I, I haven't I haven't seen anything like that. And, you know, sometimes you watch enough things. Sometimes things start to feel a little bit dry. So you want a little razzle-dazzle. Like what Lots we did. razzle-dazzle. Yeah. Yeah, we, so. we mixed it up. Mix-a-rooney. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, before we move on, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I watched Auntie Lee's Meat Pies on Tubi and Prey on Hulu. Uh, I, I went rock and roll on Shudder this weekend <laughs> with Hard Rock Nightmare and Rocktober Blood. I watched Blue Sunshine on Shudder and Humongous on Netflix. All right, now before we move on, would either of you be ready to provide homework for me? Sure. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Yeah, baby. All right. 
Because I have stuff on Tubi, but I feel like I'm just going to be in this very specific vein for a while if I don't get some alternatives. So, okay, let's hear it. What do you got, Megan? Uh, we're going to mix up your your recent Tubi streak big time. We're going to go completely different <laughs> flavor. Yeah. I'm curious uh, what you think of St. Maud. Ooh. You know, I haven't seen it, and honestly, I think I needed one of you to assign it to me to see it. I've heard just kind of mixed responses. Yeah, mm-hmm. very Either curious. way, there was so much excitement, and then it came out, and then it was kind of divisive. Yeah, so. people love it or they don't, uh, so I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, St. Maud on Prime? Uh I don't think it is anymore. It's on Epix or Paramount Plus, I believe. I think I have Paramount Plus. I'll figure it out. One way or the I other. I believe in you. <laughs> oh, I thank you. How about you, Zena? Um, have you seen One BR? No, I have not watched this. Okay. It is available Perfect. on Shutter for your eyeballs to watch. For your eyeballs to watch. Not your nose though. Not your nose. Keep no, your nose no, off. Eyeball <laughs> Pants are optional. <laughs> I will not be including that part in my review. <laughs> it makes the world a difference of the review, I bet. It does. I don't Whether know. Whether there's They're a draft just... or not. Kids <laughs> are out of the house. Wife's out of town. You just don't know what you're going to get. It's a danger to knock on my door some days now. <laughs> Risky business. Risky oh, business. Yeah. <laughs> All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, James Wan and Ingrid Bisu, they teased their fascination with body horror with uh, the story idea behind last year's Malignant, uh, which was directed by Wan and written by Akila Cooper. Now they're taking that fascination to the next step with Cosmetic, a body horror movie set within the beauty industry. Uh, Cosmetic is based on a story idea by Wan and Bisu. R.H. Norman and Micheline Pitt are attached to direct and write the screenplay. Um, And the film has been acquired by Screen Gems. The body horror feature is set in the beauty industry, colliding the worlds of glamour and body horror in a supernatural tale of one girl's deadly pursuit of perfection. Uh, Scott Strauss and Michael Bitar are overseeing the project for Screen Gems. Juan and Michael Clear are producing for Atomic Monster with Bisu and Atomic Monster's Judson Scott executive producing. Uh, Co-director Pitt... Uh, Micheline Pitt. She's no stranger to the world of beauty. She's an established artist, designer. She owns and runs fashion company Vixen. You might have seen uh, some of her her work in the horror space. Um, She's established numerous creative partnerships with major film studios for officially licensed horror brand clothing um, like Ghostbusters and It. There's, you know, if you go to Vixen, you'll see a lot of that, like the different lines. I think Beetlejuice is even a recent one um, Mm -hmm. where they're almost like that retro vibe with the dresses, kind of pinup style, um, Mm -hmm. some purses. Like, yeah, there's a lot of like horror fashion. Um, So, yeah, she's well versed in the in the beauty world with horror. Oh, my gosh. She has a short film that I believe that she directed with her husband called Grummy. And Violet McGraw is in it. And it is so good. Like, visually, it's, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. As I was just about to say, Norman and Pitt are a married writing directing team. And they previously co-wrote and directed Grummy, the fairy tale uh, based on her own childhood assault survival story. So, yeah, I haven't seen it, but Xena has. And she endorses it. So that bodes well also for cosmetics. So that's awesome. Um. And then I don't know if this is John news or not, but uh, once upon a time, Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension was positioned as the final film in the found footage franchise. 
But then came along Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which brought the franchise back to life last Halloween on Paramount+. Plus. Next of Kin was the seventh installment of the franchise, uh, which was kind of an actual spinoff that related to the central Toby storyline, which we've talked about before. Um, and it looks like the eighth installment is uh, not far behind. Uh, this weekend, Variety ran a brand new interview with Jason Blum with... Um, and included in that is mention of this mysterious new installment of the Paranormal Activity saga. Um, Paranormal Activity Next to Kin premiered in 2021. And this interview kind of mentions that the next installment is eyeing a 2023 release. And it's listed on Wikipedia, which take this with a grain of salt because it's not it's Wikipedia. I don't know who put that there, but it's it's listed Paranormal Activity The Other Side. And uh, the entry on it. It says that the other side will feature four young friends who move into Katie and Christie's childhood house together before college starts, only to discover the gruesome past of their home and its connection to the 1988 incidents. Set in the 1990s, it will reportedly address the fire that destroyed the property, which has only been mentioned briefly in a few of the the different movies. Um, Oren Pelly, who was behind the original Paranormal Activity, reportedly wrote the script with Vincent Summers directing. And this is, again, chalk all of this information up to the Wikipedia, which means it's not officially confirmed. But this Variety interview with Blum that mentions this 2023 film is super interesting, Um, especially because Blum is very blunt about not liking Next of Kin. You know, he he's basically saying that this this is going to be the it, like whatever this eighth installment is, is going to be it because he's kind of over it there's been enough already that last paranormal activity movie was terrible he's quoted as saying in this interview that's a terrible thing to say i think yeah. but uh yeah. i'm more surprised that they're continuing with another one i don't know how you feel Money. about this john i you know i lost interest in the franchise a long time ago fair um i tried watching the marked ones recently and i only got like halfway through it it just Aww. I like the marked ones. It's, yeah, yeah, it, like it's fine. Oh, you know, a lot of it is just like I didn't necessarily like the characters themselves. Like they were just kind of like, "Why are you doing that?" Like, what are? It was kind of that. Okay. And again, it's not. I don't think it's any fault of the. I don't think it's anyone's fault other than the idea that it's kind of just keeps going back to the well. Yeah. For me, like I like found footage, but again, they. They keep doing the same story. I know it's I know it's different, but but because it's the same subject thread, it it's too much for me. I need a little bit more variety in what's going on and how it's being presented, sort of thing. And it, it just kind of feels like retreading the tire for me. And there there might be ones that are out there that are that I think are fantastic if I ever get around to seeing them. But I just I I just want to see other stuff. <laughs> You know, it's just kind of like, okay, I get it. Now there's... Which is funny because Next to Kin is doing something completely different, removed from the Toby thing. There's there's Mm -hmm. no... Is Is that the most recent one? Yeah, that's the one that came out last Halloween on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, Okay, see... Oh, I think it is on Paramount Plus. I don't have Paramount Plus. Maybe I should get a trial of Paramount Plus and watch that. Yeah, well, then you can watch St. Maud there, too. Exactly. Two birds, one stone. There you go. But yeah... I'm really surprised that he would say that uh, Jason Blum, that he didn't like it or 
in a nice way to put it because yeah. I mean which we all have like different tastes I mean I'm surprised for a lot of reasons but I actually like that one I kind of like the fact that they went a different direction because for me I'm not crazy about the series um and then it was just kind of like because some of them were like cool for, for me but then some of them just like you know not mm-hmm. really crazy about but yeah. for this one next of kin it kind of piqued my interest. Like, I, I like the storyline. I like the actors. I like the direction that it went in. I like the ending. Like, I don't know. It, it felt creepy and it felt, it, it brought back to me um, kind of how people felt about the first one. I didn't feel that way about the first one, mm-hmm. you know? So this one kind of, I don't know. Like, it, it gave me that cozy feeling that I was talking about similar to Blue Sunshine. I get that. It didn't work for me much, but I also don't think that they, they, it's not one that they could have called it anything. It didn't have to be a paranormal activity. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's almost like a Halloween three of, of the franchise. Mm. So that may or may well, not work. That actually helps me a little bit. Yeah. It's not yeah. related at all, which is good. I feel like it's a good thing because by ghost dimension, I was so over the Toby demon. Mm-hmm. Um, So going back to it, I don't know. I don't know, but maybe not. And whether i guess this is quote unquote definitively end dot 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 for now because nothing in horror stays dead forever True. so i don't know uh and speaking of not staying dead forever uh <laughs> widely considered one of the great home invasion slasher films of all time it took 10 years for brian Bar- Br- brian bertino's the strangers to get a proper sequel in the strangers pray at night directed by johannes roberts uh, it's been nearly another five since the mass killers slashed up the trailer park in that movie. And now it appears that there are plans for their return. Uh, Bertino's original screenplay was discovered by Roy Lee, the powerhouse producer of hit horror films that include The Ring, Poltergeist uh, 2015, Blair Witch, and It 2017. Um, so next up for Lee is the highly anticipated Barbarian, which is arriving in theaters uh, next month. Um, Bloody Disgusting's The Boo Crew Crew podcast spoke with Lee over the weekend, and they asked about the possibility of more Strangers sequels, because, I mean, I feel like even though people were a little bit more divisive at Prey at Night, it's it's mostly loved. I think it did well enough. Um, He had a really surprising answer. Really surprising answer. I think the next three are in production next month with another filmmaker that people will know. As in, we're not getting one sequel. We're getting three. Uh, he didn't share any other details, but the um, only other thing that he that I should throw out there is that like Netflix. I think the only time this has happened is like Netflix and Beer Street. We're doing three films at once. Mm-hmm. So uh, with a single filmmaker, because Lee Janiak directed all three. So yeah, I don't know. We're what? How do you do three? What is the idea behind three? And then I guess it's all tied. To one filmmaker, which is very intriguing and unexpected. Unless they follow the three masked characters in three separate movies, like one character in each movie and how they tie together. That would be Ooh, someone copyright that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, are they all going to be based on a true story? Isn't everything these days? It's all. It, that's the one thing I remember watching it in the theater and being very unnerved. Yeah, it is a very suspenseful, unnerving movie, especially to watch in the theater. And, uh, but it was just one of those things where it started with like based on a true story. And I looked it up, <laughs> and it's based on some like people were found dead in a house, and like that's 
the based on a true story because two people were found dead. There's no mention of masked killers randomly coming through. They just don't know how they died. Hmm. And it's just like, oh, come on, man, don't. Don't do that. Well, in that case, From Dusk Till Dawn is totally a true story because there were some banks that were robbed at one time. And oh. there's a, I'm <laughs> sure there's a strip club called the Titty Twister somewhere. <laughs> All right, listeners, your turn. Do you think John should get off his high horse and watch four more movies about sounds happening off camera? Let's hear about it. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We have so many awesome movies, once again, coming our way. Each week, it's just like, ooh, yeah, look at us. Um, so, first up, on Friday the 12th, we have Day Shift. It'll be hitting Netflix. A hardworking dad out to provide for his daughter uses boring uses a boring cleaning <laughs> sorry, uses a boring pool cleaning job as a front for his real gig, hunting and killing vampires. So Jamie Foxx is in this one. Snoop Dogg is in this one. So it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. Then we also have Fall. It'll be hitting theaters technically on Thursday night, depending on where you live, but hitting on, you know, theaters on Friday. Uh, for best friends Becky and Hunter, life is all about conquering fears and pushing limits. However, after they climb 2,000 feet to the top of a remote abandoned radio tower, they find themselves stranded with no way down. Now their expert climbing skills are put to the ultimate test as they desperately fight to survive the elements of a lack of supplies and vertical-inducing heights. Then we have on Tuesday the 16th, When I Consume You, it'll be available on VOD. And according to 1091 Pictures, this one is a gritty, slow burn urban folktale about a family damnation and redemption. A woman and her brother seek revenge against a mysterious stalker. Then we have Alone With You hitting Shudder. I think that this one is a John movie. It is found mm. footage. Uh very creepy movie. I watched it back in February, I think. Um, but basically a young woman, she's preparing for her girlfriend to come home. But then all of a sudden, her, their apartment begins to film like a tomb. She begins hearing voices, seeing shadows, and there's hallucinations that kind of reveal the truth that she's unwilling to face. Then we also have hitting VOD Frank and Penelope, a drifter and exotic dancer fall for each other and decide to head west and have no destination in mind. On their journey, they accidentally encounter a dangerous cult leader and find themselves in a battle for love and life. Well, it said life and love, but, you know, you just got to go with it. <laughs> then we also have Night's End. It'll be hitting DVD. This one is also available on Shutter. Um, after moving into a haunted apartment, a shut-in hires a stranger perform to perform an exorcism. This movie's pretty creepy. Um, there's a scene that involves a bird uh, that kind of freaks me <laughs> out. I'll leave it at <laughs> I'll leave it at that. If you Birds. know, you know. Oh God, no! Just, just one, <laughs> just one, a dead bird. Just a bird. So, oh shit. <laughs> so then we also have Hex. It'll be available on VOD and DVD. Following a mysterious dis disappearance on a jump, 
a group of skydivers experience paranormal occurrences that leave them fighting for their lives. And then just in case if you missed it, nope, it's still in theaters. If you do want to check it out, there's also Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It's in theaters and Resurrection is on VOD. And then also Bloody Disgusting TV is available as well as Screenbox. Screenbox has been coming with some movies, by the way. I don't know if you guys watch, like I recently signed into my account and I've just been like a kid in a candy store last night. I had a 7 a.m. This is me going down a rabbit hole, but I got to tell somebody I had a 7 a.m. call, but then I found myself watching movies back to back. So go on there, treat yourself. There's just so much for everyone. As, as Thank you and good night. Stayed up all night before your call, or yeah, yeah, oh. but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Xena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody.